Hello, and welcome to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast that explores compelling themes in some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Brittany. And I'm Chris. And this week, we are looking at the theme of friendship in The Hunger Games. Yes, indeed. So what's an element of friendship that's important to you? Um, that's hard because there's a lot of elements of friendship. I just want to pick all of the attributes. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one that is really meaningful to me is sharing some of the same like passions in life Mm -hmm. so it's kind of hard for me to ever have a really close friendship with somebody who doesn't feel really strongly about certain social justice issues and and things like that and so part of our yeah our passions and our how we think morally and ethically and societally it makes a big difference for how much resonance I feel in the friendship. Hmm, gotcha. What about you? For me, I think it's support. I think that uh, for for most of my friendships, I've often been a very supportive person. And for a lot of my life, I haven't always had that come back. Not that people mm. were unsupportive, just that like I kind of played that role more. And they took advantage of it. Well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> You're such a nine. You're like, no, everyone's good and yeah. lovely. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think that they were taking advantage, but I think that it's just something that I have realized as I've grown that the friendships that really mean a lot to me are the ones where I also feel supported, where I get great texts or, or just kind of supporting things or people ask me how I'm doing or how things that are going on in my life are going and, and they are supportive of of my goals and my my dreams and what's going on with me and that, that actually remember you know what you're doing in your life exactly to, to be able to ask follow up yeah yeah so uh that I think is something that that I've I've gained appreciation for as I've as I've aged hmm cool Luckily, I can be supportive sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) As long as our morals and ethics coincide. That's true. (laughs) So why don't we move on to our quote then? So this comes from Catching Fire, actually the beginning of the book, when Katniss is sitting out in the woods by herself waiting for, hopefully, Gail to show up so that they can do hunting together like they always have. I waited at least two hours. I'd begun to think that he'd given up on me in the weeks that had passed, or that he no longer cared about me, hated me even. And the idea of losing him forever, my best friend, the only person I'd ever trust with my secrets, was so painful I couldn't stand it. Yeah, I think that kind of strikes home the feeling of potentially losing close friends. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's always can be such a sad feeling, especially when it's not like just kind of a mutual thing that you slowly drift apart and Mm -hmm. there's no hard feelings or anything. But if it's a conscious choice, that could, yeah, be definitely difficult. Yeah, totally. As someone who who often feels anxiety about relationships that I have, where I worry that, yeah, I've done something to upset them or I've I've done something that annoys them or whatever else it might be, I've definitely gone on kind of spirals of like, oh, what would happen if they hate me? And for the friends that are really important to me, that can be really debilitating. That can be really, really scary. And so for, for Katniss, as someone who has a friend, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Just a couple in the world. Yeah. I can see how that would be 
really, really frightening and see how it affects her in that way. And especially, I think, coming out of the games Mm -hmm. when she's already lost so much of herself and... Not that she was ever innocent, not that anybody who grows up in that sort of situation ever would be because they've lived with oppression acutely their whole lives, but actually being engaged and watching people right in front of your eyes kill each other or killing some yourself and like fearing for your life all the time, every moment for a few weeks and as well as now you've gone to the Capitol and you've seen every, you know, the opulence Mm -hmm. firsthand, I think to come back in one of the few people who potentially has the ability to help you feel not great but like at least some feeling of home if you lose that too i could see that that would be really distressing and the one person you don't have to perform for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah totally well should we move on to our character section sure i brought a character today That's good. That was your job. That was my job. And I fulfilled that job. Well, we'll see what your character is. (laughs) Well, I wanted to talk about Peter Malark. Then you fulfilled that job because (laughs) we can always talk about Peter Malark. Yes, indeed. Peter is the best. And Peter is, I think, a really great character to analyze when you look at friends because he is not only a great person but a, a caring person, but he tries to develop a friendship with the person he's in love with. That, I think, is a not only just a difficult situation generally, but one that is very rarely explored maturely and responsibly in fiction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because after... Or in real life. Or in real Definitely or in real life, yeah. I think in part because we also see these representations in fiction, right? We're socialized to think... If I keep asking, then she'll finally say yes. Exactly. It's persistence and stalking that's going to help me get the girl. And when he realizes that so much of what she did in the 74th Hunger Games was an act to survive, he understandably was upset. But the first time they really talk about it, a month or so later, he not only states the intention of wanting to be friends, but he takes on ownership of what he can do to make that happen, right? Mm -hmm. He's not just saying, okay, then you need to do this if we're going to be friends. It's I'm acting wounded and that is going to make it hard for you to be friends with me. And so I need to change my behavior because that's not going to be the way to actually develop a relationship. Mm -hmm. And that is so mature for a 17-year-old boy, right? Like Maybe uh, a 16-year-old. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. It's it's just so mature. And I think it, it so much runs counter to the the concept of the friend zone that we are just bombarded with in society, right? right? Which is BS, right? It's just awful. And and I'm saying this as someone who once believed in the idea of the friend zone or, or didn't believe in the idea of it, but, but used that terminology to complain or be frustrated that people who I had feelings for didn't reciprocate those feelings. And that feeling does suck for anyone who has feelings for someone and they don't share them. That makes sense. But the narrative around a friend zone being that this person owes you something because you're a good friend or that you are entitled to a sexual or physical or romantic relationship with someone just because you're good friends. And that like you wouldn't want to be friends with them 
you only want something romantic. Exactly. Yeah. And that 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 being friends with them is like a a second tier level, right? That this is something that you are settling for or what have you. That's not a good friendship. What does that no. say about the way that you you look at this person and consider this person? And um yeah, that's something that, that I've definitely had to kind of grapple with myself because I realized that I was looking at some of my friendships in problematic ways myself when I was younger. So I think that having PETA explore that and live in that is so wonderful and such an important way of of showing the the love triangle thing that's kind of gotten big more recently of a young woman who can choose between two young men. I think so often it does fall into this like fight between the men. And mm-hmm. that's not what's going on here. This series is about the relationships between those boys and Katniss. I mean, I would say the series is about war. Well, I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, their relationships in the series, right? I didn't mean the, the, this, the thesis of the series okay. itself. I was saying, like, that aspect of the series. And so, yeah, I just think that, that PETA is such a great, a great example and something that, you know, maybe I, I could have used as a young man. If I had read books like this and kind of mm. seen it more from that perspective, I don't know if I would have analyzed my own behavior as well as mm-hmm. I could have. But if we, if this was the the default of how we represented rejected men, I think it would be a, a much more empathetic society because men should look to Peta for <laughs> examples of how to act because I think that he never stops loving Katniss, but he also never stops wanting to do whatever he can to build their relationship and to help her, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that is wonderful. Yeah, for sure. And I I would say it wouldn't only make it a more empathetic world, but I think it would make it a world that, at least in one way, objectified women less, right? Mm. Because there is this, I want you to be this for me, And I'm not going to be happy unless you are this for me. It's, I appreciate who you are as a person and whatever Mm -hmm. you want. And I'm going to try to meet you there and enjoy our relationship and our friendship, regardless of if it could or wouldn't or could ever be anything different than only a platonic friendship. Totally. And it shows outside of friendships, any relationship takes work. And I like that PETA is willing to put in the work for a friendship he cares about. Well, yeah, and not only does he take ownership of, hey, I didn't treat you right because I had these expectations on Mm -hmm. you that I shouldn't have had, but he also acknowledges that he doesn't have any entitlement to her trusting him, to her feeling comfortable enough to be able to express herself or share vulnerable thoughts or feelings he recognizes that okay maybe asking her what is wrong is too big of a question right now and so really it should be how do we build an actual friendship so at some point maybe you'll feel comfortable telling me about this and I think that does start establishing trust so much more because he's not asking her for anything she doesn't want to share. Mm-hmm. PETA, hashtag best boy. <laughs> he is quite a great boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, what plot did you bring? I brought 
the idea that some things only certain friends in the series provide and Katniss goes to them during those times. Hmm. Because she doesn't treat all of her friends the same way, if we want to call them friends, because she doesn't always necessarily consider them friends, even if they kind of function as friends Mm -hmm. for the world she's living in. For example, we have Gail. And there are certain things that he can provide her in that friendship that she doesn't get in other friendships, right? Mm -hmm. And so that would be like they both lost their dads uh, around the same age and they had to take care of their families after that. And they're both from the seam. So there's some class or racial shared experiences. And that's really what helps them become really good and close friends, right? But also at the same time, she never goes to him for anything regarding her experiences in the games. She Mm -hmm. never goes to him if it's something about the prep team, right? Because he doesn't understand and she knows that and it's just frustrating for her to try to explain something that he just doesn't have not only the experience with, but also it doesn't really seem like the desire to understand. Talk about not being supportive, right? Right. Like Gail, through no fault of Katniss's own, she is a part of the Capitol's world in some ways. Mm -hmm. And he is so adamantly opposed to everything about the Capitol that he cannot engage with those parts of her, her life. Yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, she doesn't go to him for anything that has to kind of do with underlying ideas of humanity Mm -hmm. right like whenever there's a conflict over okay no one should be treated like this regardless of what they've done she just thinks about PETA like PETA would be able to explain this he would be able to like agree with me and then also with Finnick it's very similar they both have people that they've loved that are used to manipulate them and they also you know obviously have the trauma from the games and because of those traumas, they also have some skepticism about District 13, right? Mm-hmm. And so those are the times that she goes to him and he can be there for her in a way that others can't. When she tells him she's figured out that President Snow is using, mm-hmm. he's torturing PETA to get her and help her basically not want to continue being the Mockingjay, And he understands that and he's like, here's my piece of rope. Like Mm -hmm. one of the only things I have that helps me hold it together. And I'm going to give it to you to use to just be making knots, focus on something else. And yeah, she is able to go to him for that emotional support. But I think for things outside of solidarity, support, and advice, she doesn't go to him. You know, the same goes for Haymitch, and they think similarly, and she gets advice from him on survival, and they both love PETA. So that's the person she wants when she figures out what's happening with PETA, and he's the only one who understands and really gets it. But definitely she doesn't really trust him and she's Mm -hmm. never going to go to him for emotional support. And so I think it's just interesting that a lot of her friendships, she just goes to different people for different things. And even like Madge, basically she just goes to her because they both don't really want to be friends with a lot of people (laughs) and they don't really want to talk that much, but then they sort of end up having a friendship. And so, yeah, I just think it's interesting that she gets very different things from different friendships and I think that that's good and okay and can be a beautiful part of friendships that we don't necessarily need the same thing from every person 
and every person can't necessarily provide everything we need because we do have different experiences Mm -hmm. and i think that that's really helpful i mean and then obviously Peta, she has so many actual shared experiences like they went through the exact same trauma and so he's the only person that she'll you know she wanted to sleep with to feel safer and to be able to calm down after these horrendous night terrors that she would have right and so i think it could sound like a little colder calculated to like have different functions for different friends but it can make a lot of sense too yeah i i like that because that's definitely i think a big part of her character is Though it can be kind of cold and transactional, but she sees the utility in people. She sees like what they're good at and how they can help her and what they share. But I think it's also interesting because we see how sometimes that comes from places where she didn't expect, right? So Finnick, I think, grows so much in our esteem because he's so much of what we don't expect, right? Mm -hmm. We get this first view of him and then we see him in the games being helpful and then outside of the games. And yeah, having that shared experience where they both have are missing someone. And I think that's really, really cool. And then the other example is where Prim gives her advice in 13. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't go to Prim for that. Prim is not someone that she goes to for things. It's something that she provides for. But here we see that Prim can also be someone who can help her in ways, even if she didn't initially think that, that would be the way that she would see that relationship. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think in a world like the Hunger Games... It makes a lot of sense because when you've had such potent, intense experiences, I could see it being something that could easily almost cause more divisions, right? Mm. Or not necessarily divisions, but more isolation and separation. And maybe you can't even deal with your whole self at a time anyway and sectioning things off is the only way that you can sometimes engage them at all totally yeah i think that that the system and the society of pan m is built in a way to divide people right Mm -hmm. and as we've talked about in in the past and i think it, it shows in how katniss who's a very savvy cynical person the two people she trusts are Gale, which took years to, to build, mm-hmm. and Peta, who was built over one of the most traumatic experiences in her life, if not the most traumatic experience in her life. And so I think that, yeah, that shows that it's very difficult for her to build that trust. Mm-hmm. It's also kind of cool to see that even though she doesn't consider herself a trusting person, even though she doesn't consider herself as being somebody with friends, or she doesn't consider herself as someone that others will like. Mm -hmm. But she still does end up having a support system. And because the people in that support system are so different, I think it really ends up helping her be able to to cope with the hardest things in life you can have to deal with. Hmm, Yeah. Well, why don't you move on to our compelling questions? Okay, well, what's yours? My compelling question is about Katniss's friendships. Oh, good. Because often throughout the series, Katniss talks about what she owes people. <laughs> yeah. How she's in debt to people for the things that they do. Phoenix saving Peter's life or people helping Prim or whatever else it might be. She sees that as a debt. And I was wondering, can she have real friendships with people that she sees herself indebted to? I think it's 
really difficult Mm -hmm. (laughs) because when things are transactional, my instinct is to be like, but that's not real friendship or emotion. (laughs) But growing up in the circumstance she grew up in, I could see how it would be almost impossible to not see things in certain ways. Like when people are starving to death, Mm -hmm. your neighbors and you, it's so hard to not see something as, I can't just accept this and not pay it back because then they'll die and vice versa, right? And so I think, yeah, it just makes it a lot more difficult to see generosity as a part of friendship in the Mm -hmm. same way but even though those ideas come to her mind I also think that she definitely doesn't always live by it Mm -hmm. (laughs) at the end of the day a lot of the time she does choose to go with what she cares about rather than only the calculations that she has So I would say that, yes, she does have some real friendships, but it's very hard for her to navigate the world without those ideas of debt coming up. It's almost, it's a cultural thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that also we see a lot of that in The Hunger Games itself because you are constantly navigating the possibility of having to eventually kill someone. What that means for when someone does something for you, not only for your own conscious, your own conscience, but also for how you're viewed by the capital. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, just, I think that's that's an interesting part. And I, I, I am on a, a similar train of thought as you because the one thing I, I thought about while I was thinking about this idea was how she never thinks the opposite way. She never thinks about what she's done for others. Mm-hmm. She never even puts it as, I'm going to do this to balance the scales or do anything like that except for her trying to have Peta survive the court of quell. That's the only time that she really thinks about, like, he did this for me the first time, I'm going to do this for him this time. Mm-hmm. But with almost everyone else, even when she mentions that she owes them or that she has a debt to them, she doesn't then later on act in ways that are fueled by wanting to balance those scales. But like you said, she acts in the ways that she thinks are appropriate. Sometimes even not going through with her intentions. Like Mm -hmm. with Peta, if her intention was just to keep him alive, her shooting the arrow at the end would not have happened. That was not the best way to keep him alive. That was, she started getting a new priority. And so, yeah, I think that it's it's interesting because she's clearly uncomfortable being in people's debts, particularly when they're people who she might have to kill. But but everyone ends up being in her debt. <laughs> totally. And she never sees it that way, which I yeah. think shows how Katniss, even though she's not written explicitly kind or generous, she is, she is those things, but it's just a little more implicit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I wonder if part of it is that this idea of debts helps her create barriers and maintain barriers Mm. and not get as close to people because she doesn't have that at all with Prim Mm -hmm. or even her mother. Those are people that she has allowed in to some degree and she feels responsible in a lot of ways but not not with debt. I mean, Prim should be, you know, according to Katniss's standards, should be an ultimate debt of Katniss, right? For sure. But yeah, I wonder if it's 
if I interact with other people outside of that in this way, it's a way that if I do something nice for them or if they do something nice for me, I don't form an emotional attachment with them. It's just something that needs to be paid back because in a few months from now or a year from now, they might have starved to death and I don't want to be emotionally attached to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what's your question for me? So my question is, do you think it's an advantage or a disadvantage to be in the games with a friend or like multiple friends, obviously, as we saw in the quarter quell? That's so interesting because I am so much more of a PETA than a Katniss. Mm-hmm. So if I was PETA, going in with other people that I care about is in some ways an advantage because I can do more for that person. Whereas I think with Katniss, she would look at it like, now I have to figure out how to handle this person, mm-hmm. right? And so, yeah, a lot of it will come down to kind of whether you are going into the games to win or whether you are more guided by other types of priorities and whether you're a bit more sacrificial. I would probably be someone who's more sacrificial. I'd have a very hard time killing people if I was put in the Hunger Games. But having other people there who I knew I could rely on, I think would make the experience easier for me. Though also sad that those people would probably die. Mm. Would it cause you more stress though? Because then when you feel like, oh no, I'm not only scared for my own life, I'm also scared for their life. Quite possibly, yeah. It's something that I was thinking about because... So many of the people who go into the quarter quell are actually friends with mm. each other. And in some ways, I think it's advantageous because they already know each other. They can understand what each other is trying to communicate with just saying a couple things that nobody else is really going to understand. And they know each other's fighting styles. And, you know, there's just so much there. They have this trust But at the same time, it's like a disadvantage because it takes a completely different emotional toll on you. It's Mm. not the emotional toll of these people are dying around me, but I don't know any of them, which is still traumatic for sure. But it's these people who are my friends are dying around me. And if I really want to, in the quarter quell, obviously, if I really want to help topple this corrupt oppressive regime i have to let them if it comes down to it which would be so difficult (laughs) at the same time yeah having someone there that you could trust would in some ways feel so much better so i don't know just friends complicated even more totally because like it complicated it so much for katniss even though she and Peta weren't even friends you know Mm -hmm. even that it made it so difficult for her even this idea of maybe having to kill him. So how much more so if it was someone you were actually friends with for years? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think that would be also the hard thing is knowing that they might die. Even if, that is, if your goal is for them to survive and you not to, this added stress of having to ensure that they survive mm-hmm. as opposed to just yourself. Well, and say that that was your goal, but <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm going to try to protect them, but now these other people are trying to kill us, so I'm going to kill them to try to protect them. Mm-hmm. But then if your friend dies anyway, then you just have to live with the guilt of having killed someone and it wasn't even for your intended end goal not that i'm gonna say that you know killing you know it's 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 all bad but yeah just 
It makes everything more complicated. Yeah. Hashtag it's all bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> the Hunger Games. <laughs> well, what about your missed opportunity? So my missed opportunity is that I just wish, and again, I understand why they didn't do this, blah, blah, blah. The book ended where it did because of a reason. <laughs> but I would just love to see how friendships changed after the capital was toppled Hmm. and yeah it just it makes me wonder like how things would change because the structure of society changes Hmm. it just makes me wonder about you know would people just be more open about their opinions you know like they actually could be now and that could potentially lead to conflict rather than just more open friendship and also like you could be able to trust people differently and could even potentially dream to do things like maybe you could start a business with your friend or something that it doesn't seem like existed at all really before it was like either certain family businesses based off of like kind of class and where you were born and whatever the industry is of your district Mm. Also, it makes me wonder about like cross-cultural friendships between the districts because there are some cultural differences within the districts themselves. So yeah, just I just wish I got to know more about. Yeah, it's almost making me think of Republic City in Avatar. Mm-hmm. How like we see a hundred years later how this new city exists that has you know all these people from different cultures living together and what that that's like and how that that's built. Seeing how, yeah, a new capital that would be a little bit more cosmopolitan would would exist would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? My missed opportunity is that I would have loved to see, and obviously this is difficult because we are seeing the story through Katniss's point of view, and I think that's really powerful as we've talked about before on the podcast, but I think it would have been really amazing to see Peta and Katniss's friendship being rebuilt from Peta's perspective. Hmm. Because he's the one who lost it. She had him kind of taken from her and she felt like oh you know I've lost him but she didn't lose her feelings towards him she didn't have those stripped from her the same way Mm. that he had his feelings stripped from him and so him obviously having to deal with not only the chemical but the memory and like other results from what had been done to him and how that affects the way that he sees her but by the end of the series he has regained his affection for her and obviously he's still grappling with the hijacking and how that's affected him but I just think it would be really interesting to see what is it that he starts to regain that in because you know she mentions at one point that like oh now she sees he sees me for who I actually am and he then builds from that and starts seeing her and admiring her again in all these different ways and I just would have loved to see or hear from Peter's perspective what that was like as he was building, you know, with all the traumas that he's experienced, how he's able to rebuild that relationship and that friendship. Mm. I can't imagine what it would be like to have a friend and really one of a couple that survive Mm. that you don't know if a lot of the things you remember about them are actually true or not. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, that would be intense. But if anyone can get through, PETA can. PETA. Hashtag best boy PETA. (laughs) Well, I guess we should go to our takeaways. So my takeaway is like super simple and maybe slightly corny. 
<laughs> Ooh, I'm excited for this. <laughs> it's just that, like, throughout the worst experiences of your life, that the friends that you have surrounded yourself are just so important and they can make such a difference for how you're able to process and how you're able to cope and how you're able to live and how you're able to hopefully still find enjoyment in things. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> the one and only time I will be. <laughs> what about you? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking now kind of about how sometimes I think my, my nine-ishness, my, my... And nine-ish from... Enneagram, if, yes. you, if you don't know Enneagram. I, I have a tendency to overly empathize with people to the extent that, you know, nines will often start to kind of gain the features or ideas or passions of people they're around or what have you. And I think that as I'm reading, that often leads me to see what I'm reading as true. And I don't do a good enough job of questioning the narrator. And I think that that's definitely true in Hunger Games, particularly with it not only being first person, but present tense uh, mm. narration. I really kind of see Katniss's perspective, I think, too much, where sometimes I, particularly in her ideas about herself and her relationships, I take what she says as read instead mm -hmm. of analyzing, oh, this is what she's thinking, but what does this mean compared to her actions and the way that she engages with this person and the way that she, other people see her? Mm -hmm. And... Uh, that's just something I, I well, I'm going to challenge myself to do as, as a consumer of all media is to kind of be a bit more skeptical of narrators and perspectives. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder, I wonder when Suzanne Collins was writing this, how much she added in things just from what she knew Katniss felt about herself versus mm. what was true. And if any of those times it was like almost hard to write because it's like, this isn't true of you, Katniss, but I'm going to say this anyway. You know, like where you were referencing before where she's like, oh, Peter finally sees me for who I am. And mm. I think the descriptors there were it was something like angry, violent, and dangerous or something like mm. that. Not particularly good looking or kind or yeah. 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 Yeah, and so it, that would be an interesting place to be as well, having your own character have false ideas of themselves, but is a superhuman thing. So, totally. I mean, a very human thing, <laughs> not a superhuman <laughs> thing. I mean, although that too. Yeah, a lot of superhumans deal with that kind of stuff. Yeah. I could give you some examples. Uh, that's that's okay. We, <laughs> we do want this podcast to be listenable. <laughs> well, why don't you bring up what we'll be talking about on next week's podcast? Cool. So we are going back to Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. We sure are. And we're going to look at the theme of bias. Bias and Avatar. Wonderful. Looking forward to that. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Geek Between the Lines. You can find us on social media by searching for Geek Between the Lines on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest. You can also go to our website, bit.ly slash geekbetweenthelines. Or go to our Patreon site at patreon.com slash geekbetweenthelines. We also want to thank Kimberly Taylor Pastel at Lacelet for designing our logo. You can find her designs at lacelet.com or searching for Lacelet on Instagram or Facebook. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. We'll see you next week. Until then, geek out! out.